show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. Coming to you from the Detroit Sound Studios above Active 8 Gaming, it's The Undercard. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. Welcome to episode 220, or is it 221? Yeah, 220, 221, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I love that. You'll probably hear that drop a million times tonight, people. Uh, it is, though, officially episode 220, and we have a lot in store for you. Our first guest is a two-belt holder for WXC, uh, Jason Fisher, and Fish is going to be joining us in about 15 w- minutes. Wouldn't that be a dual-belt holder? Two belt holder, can it dual, yeah, dual belt holder? Sure, maybe. Sure, <laughs> two. Why can't it be both? Two belts. I don't know. You're right, but I'm right too, right? It just, I think, dual belt holder sounds more prestigious than two belt holder. You know okay, what I'm I gotcha. Yeah, dual belt. Dual holder. belt. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, no, mine isn't even on. <laughs> I do want to say that um, that was the first time I've been to WXC. Jimmy, you've been covering WXC, I think, for us. It's the first uh-huh. time in like two years I have gone to it. So Anthony Barnes and Amanda Bobby Cooper said, were you going to be there? And it kind of worked out, and I was there. And I was very happy I was there because the fights that I did get to witness were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to talk about Jason Fisher's fight in a little bit. Also, later on, uh, we have uh, Rico O'Quinn, Jerico O'Quinn. He's fighting this Sunday. Two of the ring girls that are sitting here will actually be the ring girls for the event. Uh, it's the Detroit Brawl. It's happening 4 p.m. is the doors, 5 p.m. the bell, Sunday. And then later on, we have another guest, uh, James Gordon Smith. Uh, yeah, everyone knows him as Red around here. Uh, he's going to be joining us too, so it should be pretty fun uh, show. Lots to talk about um, thanks to UFC, Dana White. Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, uh, Canelo is going to eat some Twinkies and move up and wait and fight Chavez Jr., but he won't move into up weight to fight Golovkin. But we'll talk about all that stuff, and then uh, me and Jimmy in this extensive pre-production meeting of three minutes discussed uh, some of the Conor McGregor stuff, and I think it's going to be pretty good. Don't don't ever say we don't pre-produce because that was intense three minutes of conversation. Oh, I think it was. It, carries over. it was. It, I don't. Not even three minutes. It was like a minute and a half. It was. I think this, and I went. I think that, and you're like, all right, let's talk about it on air. Right. Well, we got a few minutes. Let's start. Right? Okay. I mean, I mean, it's the biggest story out there, right? Okay. So if we're following the timeline now, uh, Floyd Mayweather offered uh, Conor McGregor – what was the sum? Was it $3 million or $4 million? It was something Some like that. thing like that, yeah. And then Dana White came out and then offered both fighters $25 million each. Mm-hmm. And uh, Floyd Mayweather laughed it off. Now, really quickly, I am team Floyd in this one because Floyd would make about – maybe 150 million if these two were able to fight 
I believe that I wouldn't want UFC's pay-per-view to touch this fight. I believe I'd want it on Showtime or HBO and try to get as much money as you possibly can. But what I was telling Jimmy before we started is that this is all a magical illusion. This is like David Copperfield flying across the theater or being cut in half or a magician assistant disappearing. What they want that you to think is real. What you what they want you to think is that Floyd Mayweather doesn't want to fight Conor McGregor, and that's not the truth. For a right amount of money, Floyd Mayweather would probably fight anybody right now. But they totally do not want Conor McGregor to fight Floyd Mayweather. And I've discussed this over and over. The two are different sports. Mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather being top five of all time, mm-hmm. able to figure out people. Mm-hmm. Conor McGregor looks fast in the octagon, but would look slow against even an aging Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather would fi- figure him out in about a round or two, and then they would he would skunk him. Like just basically, I wouldn't say he would knock out Conor. I would just say he no. would make him look ridiculous. He would do, He'd be punching ghosts. He would, well, I was going to say, he would do the same thing to Connor that he did to Canelo, which is just move out of the way and make him look slow. But at the same time, that's what we were also discussing is uh, Connor's not going to look the worst for wear coming out of it, except for that he's going to look slow. But Mayweather's not going to fight Connor. He's going to do what he does Every single fight, which is run away. He doesn't run. He fights in the away. pocket. He runs away. He backs away. Nah, he fights in the pocket. No, just stand there and slug it out. Be he, a man. He does. They can't catch him. He, no, he, he literally sits in the pocket. Yeah, but stand there, old school. He does. Slug it out. Draw. This is what I want. I want Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor in the middle of the ring. You draw two lines. You're not allowed to move away from that line. Just punch it out. And you know what? Old school. He would destroy Conor even more. I because Conor would be the one moving away. I I, I, I really do believe that because Conor's used to getting hit with barely anything on those guys' hands, and he still stands up. I'm gonna. Floyd's have to- never been hit like that before. And he won't because Connor won't be able to t- – the reason Floyd's never been hit that way is he's able to figure you out and he's defensive. I'm not – but what I'm saying is he's never been hit. Okay. Connor has a disadvantage because he has an advantage and disadvantage. He's used to knocking guys out with his punches, but there's barely anything on his hands. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's used to getting hit by the same type of gloves where when Floyd's hitting him with those, it's going to feel like love taps. Okay. Um, well, okay. John Chalbeck, right? Yes. Friend of the show. Yes. We sponsor him. Yes. Uh, he does both sports. Yes. He agrees Floyd would walk through him. Um, didn't we learn with Ronda Rousey just a week ago that you can't learn boxing in four years? You can't learn it in five years? You know when Floyd started boxing? Right. No, no, no. But that's different. See, you're talking about... Because of the gloves, you're talking about two different outcomes. No, I'm just talking in a boxing ring, he would embarrass the UFC so much that they would lose their superstar over a night because people would be talking about, can you imagine how bad Conor McGregor looked against Floyd Mayweather? But that's just it. Is It's a, it's a win-win for uh, the UFC because if Conor McGregor gets embarrassed, well, of course he couldn't hit Floyd. Floyd's a boxer. Floyd's this. Floyd's that. He was running away. He wouldn't fight Conor, blah, blah, blah. Conor would still come out on top because if he lost to Floyd, well, he's expected to lose to Floyd. However, 
they if Connor wins, then that's I mean, which he won't, but that's huge. Where Floyd has more to lose because if Connor hits him with a lucky shot and he goes down, I mean that's huge. That's absolutely huge. So I think Floyd is afraid to fight Connor because he has more to lose than the UFC and Connor does. And that's why we have differing opinions. But that's good. That makes for good uh well, think, think about think about it though. Let's say they go in they, they, they go in and they fight and Connor Connor loses. All right. Everybody's gonna say, well of course Connor lost. He was fighting Floyd frickin' Mayweather, who is forty and O, never lost you know, or thirty nine and zero, never lost, so on and so forth. One of the greatest boxers of all time, definitely top five, so on and so forth. Of course, Connor lost, no skin off their their nose. But if Connor gets in the ring and just just happens to slip something by and catches Floyd just right on the chin or on the temple or something like that, and Floyd goes down, he will never. Everything that he's done before that will seem like a joke because Conor McGregor from the UFC knocked him down. So he has more to lose in that fight than the UFC and Conor does. But what you're talking about to me seems so unrealistic that what I heard out of your mouth was these unicorns are racing down Woodward right now. Do you think the pink the, unicorn's going to win or do you think the orange one? That's how unrealistic what you're saying about no, it's catching them. No, that, it's I, not. That's, that's what I heard. Anytime you get in the ring, it doesn't matter how good or how bad you are. Every time you get in the ring, there's always a percentage, always a chance that you could get just – it's just the wrong way, a slip – Anything, something can happen and you could get caught. Just because it hasn't happened to him yet doesn't mean that it never could happen. It will happen to the greatest and it could happen. And if it does happen, he has more to lose. So serious. I'm just saying it. I mean, if you think about it. No, no, no. I I, I think Connor has still more to lose. I think he's on top of the world right now. You know that, uh, you know how I like fighters' fragrances. I have Manny Pacquiao's uh, <laughs> fragrance, right? Conor McGregor's getting his own fragrance. Yeah. So it has to go on my fucking top shelf. But but here's the thing. It's not Conor – if Conor – it's not like Conor's going and fighting another MMA fighter. He's fighting a boxer, one of the best. So if he loses, like I said, everybody's going to say, well, of course he lost. He fought Floyd Mayweather. So nobody's going to look down on him for losing that fight. Now, if – Floyd and him got into an MMA fight and he lost, that's when he has more to lose because the challenger stepping into your arena has less to lose than the challenger stepping into uh, the arena that they're not normally fighting in. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he has the advantage of not losing face because he is walking into your house fighting your way uh, and you know, and so if you lose, of course you lost because you fought somebody who was, you know, the one of the best of that sport. And that's what I'm saying. So if the roles were reversed and Floyd Mayweather was saying, "Yes, I'll fight Conor McGregor in an MMA fight," then Conor has more to lose than Floyd Mayweather because if Floyd embarrasses him, then he's done. Mm-hmm. Then all that that came before becomes a joke. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that would never happen. Because that's they're two different sports. Do you know what I'm saying? I understand that. But I've also come to the realization this past week, and I posted on Facebook, is that 
I think we should be rooting for this at the undercard. It it kind of be like when Pat oh, I absolutely finally, want to see this happen. Shit, we no matter what the outcome, pre-production is. could go down to a minute if that I mean, happens. I mean, we don't even have to have the three minute meeting. Anymore. I mean, we just be like we're talking Connor and Mayweather. Yeah, again. if if it if it ever, I mean, honestly, it's. It's it's a win win for the UFC and Conor McGregor. It's a possible. I don't see the travesty. Win. They don't have any more superstars. They've but, lost but them. See, they, He's the he guy. Would, but he wouldn't. You're 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 not. You you're don't leave your at, best girl home on a Saturday night. But you're looking yes. at two different. But see, here's okay. So we're gonna. You, you don't. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example. Right, Kentucky Derby. One of the best racehorses. What was the one that ran uh, the Triple Crown like last year? I so, forget the. So good we forget the name. I, yeah, that, I uh, Amy Hayes would know it. Though. Yeah, but anyways, so let's say that you have a horse that's running the Kentucky Kentucky Derby, day in day out, always wins the Kentucky Derby, mm-hmm. and then you take that horse and you put it up against a horse that does uh, uh, steeple racing. Right, mm-hmm. and that horse loses. It's not like he lost the Kentucky Derby to a horse that does steeplechase. He lost to an event that he doesn't compete in. Mm-hmm. Same concept. There's no losing face on this because he's expected to lose. You know what I'm saying? I got you. So it's a win-win because if if even if he loses, even if Connor loses, it's not like he lost an MMA fight. He lost a boxing match against one of the best. So nobody's going to ever say, well, he should have won that. Right. But, but if for one one millionth of a percentage that could possibly happen in a, any kind of fighting match like that, if something were to happen to Floyd Mayweather where Connor gets him, he will lose all respect that he had before. And I'd say it would be one of the greatest upsets in sports exactly. history. It would be behind USA and Russia and hockey but yes. and Buster Douglas, but, but it would be up there. It, but, and that's what I'm saying. So it's a win-win because UFC gets name recognition. Connor gets name recognition. You know, even for people that don't follow MMA that much, you know, there are probably some boxing fans out there that, you know, maybe they do now because of the Floyd uh, Connor talk, but they don't watch UFC. They don't watch, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But maybe you say, let's say that Floyd does embarrass him, but they see something in Connor. You know, they see a little, little something. And now that strictly boxing fan might watch one of Connor's fights after that, after the Floyd fight. So it's a win win for the UFC and Connor, but it can only be a bad thing for Floyd if something were to happen. And even then, even if he wins, it's not like he's going to gain a huge recognition. Everybody's going to say, well, of course you won, Floyd. You were supposed to win. You know what I'm saying? So it's more of a loot. There's more for him to lose, for Floyd to lose, than there is for the UFC and and McGregor. So I think Floyd is scared to fight because of that reason. All right. uh, Jason Fisher just called in. We're going to call him back right now. He's our first interview from Michigan. You can stop me if I'm talking if somebody calls in. No, I was just looking down. Hello. Hey, Jason, you're live on the air with the undercard. How are you tonight? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, we are joined by Jason Fisher. He is officially a dual belt champion holder from WXC, man. That's got to feel pretty good. Of course, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was a big fight against a tough opponent. Uh, and, yeah, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to ex- challenge myself. Hello? We could do uh Oh, yeah. 
help out WXC in the same time. You still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we hear you now. Uh, can you hear us? Yes, sir. All right. So let, let's do a little bit background on this. So Bobby uh, uh, was picked up by uh, UFC. He was originally supposed to fight uh, Townsend. And you moved up in weight to save this card to give it a main event. It's two champions versus two champions. Um, I know you're always in shape because I know the people you work out with at Michigan Top Team. But you had two weeks to prepare for this fight. I was there. You dominated from start to finish. You you were on him like glue. Not only were you on him like glue, it was constantly, I'm going to take him down again. It looked like you would submit him. Uh, we're close to some, some submissions. It looked like you had him sometimes mounted with some ground and pound. Uh, is that the biggest win of your life from start to finish where you controlled it? Well, um, I mean, yeah, Daquan, uh, hell of an opponent, you know, a hell of a competitor. You know, there's no quitting him. That's obvious, and, and we learned that even more so uh, on Friday. Um, it's, you know, my biggest win, every every win is the next biggest win, really. You know, you're only as good as your last fight. And, um, you know, I took two losses in a row, and um, I, I told myself I needed to reinvent myself and, and, and work on some things and uh, get past some of these injuries that have been holding me back. And, and I think we've done that now. I'm, I'm feeling... You know, very confident in my skills. I'm I'm ready. I'm still learning. I'm always learning. So I know I'm getting better, even though I'm getting older. I know I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. And our going in was yeah, to do exactly that, is to pressure. You know, uh, didn't punch. I let him, you know, off those big humor punches. John, can you hear uh, us? Jason, can Jason, you hear us? Can you hear us? Yeah. Okay, I can there, hear you, guys. there you are. You were breaking up for a little bit. I don't know if you were in a certain part with a bad cell, but can continue. Yeah, we can hear be. you now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, again, tough fight, very tough fight. You know, uh, two weeks notice. I was not, you know, anticipating a fight in January. You know, when I got the call, I was, I think it was a New Year's party. I was, you know, <laughs> I was having drinks and eating pizza. So I, when I got the call, it was, I, I kind of knew it. I saw online that Bobby had gotten the call up. And um, I, I said to myself, I'm like, I bet you I'm going to get a phone call. And it was it was about 20 minutes later when, when uh, Mike called me and said, hey, uh, we got an opportunity for you. And in my mind, I knew I wanted to take it right away. I just told him, hey, let's give me a day. And, you know, that's all I needed. And we we, uh, we let everybody know. I, I, I knew in my head, hey, this isn't going to be a regular camp. But um, but two weeks was enough time, I think, to, to at least get a good game plan and to uh, – you know, to push to push the whatever I have. There's not much I'm going to be able to learn in, in two weeks, other than uh, set up and uh, you know a game plan. Now, I I often because I've been around this industry for seven seven years. Um, I, when people ask, well, what what do you think will get me to the next level? And I always say to them like the the wow factor. Like you know you got you got to you got to wow them. Uh, that performance, everything you just talked about. You don't see that often. You don't see, even in these local promotions, you don't see somebody moving up that much in weight uh, to take a fight like this. I mean, it, I, kudos to you, man. I mean, it's just, it couldn't happen to a better person. But now you're the 155, 170 uh, belt holder. Um, and then you fought, uh, the previous opponent you fought was from America Top Team. So, like, you, you fought really good opponents. Um, 31, you're in your prime. Are you ready for the, the big shot? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's all. 
So, you know, I, I tried out early on in my career. I think I only had three pro wins. You know, my first three fights I won and tried out for the Ultimate Fighter. And, and, and honestly, I, I, I think I blew it a little bit on my interview. I, I didn't really know 100% what to expect. And, you know, um, everything happens for a reason. You know, I think the next day, I think, is when I signed with Bellator. I had some great experience with them. Had seven tough fights out there. And that's where I, you know, I lost two to, to the same guy that were very close fights. And my other one, I got out wrestled for, for three rounds. And, um, I learned from that and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I sacrifice a lot for this sport. I always have. It was one thing that I told myself, I know I can do, I know I could be good at it. And, uh, I, you know, any given day I can beat anybody in the world in my weight class. And I can, I think I proved that I can, I can fight anybody even at the bigger weights, you know, um, I've done it in jujitsu. I've done it in wrestling before. And, you know, size doesn't always matter. This, this fight, you got to weigh your options every fight. You know, I've, I've turned down fights before. Unfortunately, I've even, I had to turn down, um, my second attempt to try out for the ultimate fighter because I needed knee surgery, um, last year. So, you know, the ups and downs are just insane in this sport and you got to stay focused mentally, you know, physically we're in and out of the gym yeah, we deal with injuries. And, um, you know, I felt healthy going into this one. I knew, um, it was a risk, but again, I, like I said, I wanted to challenge myself and, and that's what I think they want to, you know, the higher level fighter organizations want to see is, is a fighter willing to, uh, to sacrifice, to, to fight and to show what he's, what he's capable of. And, you know, I'm ready to go. Like I said, I'm healthy. I'm in my prime and we're ready for whatever's next. If UFC comes calling, you know, that's just, a, you know, a new beginning as, as far as I'm concerned. And, Right now, uh, we're just looking for the next best option. Yeah, you, you kind of remind me because you were a little bit injury plagued there. I remember in Canada, you you went back up there and fought, and you got injured again. You, you kind of remind me of like Dominic Cruz, who just who just had a string of bad luck with injuries that was keeping you from you know fighting. You come back, you're very dominant. Um, WXC is looking like a, a legit promotion uh, on on the national level. We all know them locally now. Uh, you know this this two belt holder thing. If you don't get a phone call, are, are you going to try to defend both here for a little bit, or what? What's the plan? Um, I'll definitely you know converse with my team and my management, my family. I you know anytime I get a fight offer, I have to go through that. You know, win or lose. You know, you, you got to ask yourself every day if I still want to do this. And right now, I'm I'm still very much into the game. I, I'm very excited and and um, um, you know to train, to learn, to to get better. And and this is just another step, you know, in in, in my career path. I think with fighting, you know, I know I understand tomorrow could be the last day I ever fight. It could be the last day Conor McGregor ever fights. You know, you could fall, have an injury. You know, something terrible could happen. Who knows? You know, and I'm just taking it for, you know, I don't want to take it for granted the time I have, but, and I know I'm not going to be the guy that's going to sit there and regret and say, yeah, I wish I would. I'm, t- I'm here for a reason and, and I'm ready for the next fight. I'm ready for the next level step up. WXC's put on some great shows. Yeah, I'm very proud to be a two weight champion. I really don't think I plan to stay at 170. I, uh, you know, I had to cut a little bit of weight to, to make 70 this time just because of, I was out of, out of fight camp, but, my, my weight class is 155, you know, and I, I uh, you know, if defending the, the belt is my, the next choice, then um, we're, we'll probably set up for that, you know. If not, um, again, I'm just going to get the weight down and see if something uh, something else comes up. 
you know, we got to weigh out all of our options and uh, and uh, pick the best one out of it. Now, uh, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here at any time, but just from my imagination standpoint, as I drive in a car someday and I think about teams across, I think of you and Darren as like the odd couple because you're 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 very like you're very like. You know, polite and quiet in the group, and then I kind of, I kind of think of like Darren as like the more talkative kind of guy of the group and everything like that. So I, I picture your side of the gym very neat, and then when I picture Darren's, I, I picture it a little bit messy, and then I picture Cody's kind of in between you guys. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, you you've been friends with Darren for a long time. Uh, explain some uh, stories of uh, sharing gym time with him. Um, obviously, you guys do have di- different personalities, but it all comes together and works yeah it, you know it does and it is it is an odd uh, a relationship i've known darren for for many years you know we wrestled each other in high school we had some epic battles school versus school and um yeah you know he, he after that we uh you know i i went up to central michigan he was at olivet and uh, i started learning uh, muay thai and boxing and he was uh he was starting his mma career a little a little sooner than mine so um yeah when i was done at school i i I saw him doing well and I got a hold of him. I'm like, Hey, you know, where are you training? Um, what, you know, how can, you know, how can I get some work in with you? And, you know, everything just kind of escalated from there. I was at a mass gym for a few years and I uh, worked there. And uh, now, yeah, when we, uh, we, we just started training together really on Sundays and I was realizing that that was the best day of the week I was getting training. And I'm like, well, um, we got to try to do this more often. And, you know, one thing led to another. We we really weren't. Uh, I don't think planning on opening the gym. We were uh, we were both teaching at uh, numerous places, uh, and we just said, "Hey, if we're if we're going to be doing all the footwork, why don't we just have everybody come to us?" Uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started. You know, we've been open a little uh, over three years now, and um, it's great. You know, it's it's been a learning experience for sure, and um, uh, I, I've uh, definitely. I'm not surprised, but I'm I'm very just humbled by how uh, you know how much we have grown in three years, and um, you know having Darren as a business partner has been great. He's always in a good mood. He's always helping the guys. He's always helped me. He's always been there for me. You know, and I, um, you know, he's had some up and ups and downs in his career, but he that's how he lives, and he just he knows he's throwing it on the line, and there's no regrets there, and and that's that's kind of how, how I want to be remembered as well as. You know, we we were here and we did it. You know, we didn't we didn't just say uh, maybe. You know, we went for it. And um, you know, that relationship I hope will continue to grow. Now, uh, you know, Cody no longer an owner, still part of the team. You know, he's he's uh, he's going to be in the UFC this year. If not, you know, that's it's just insanity. You know, he's he's, he's oh, been on right. that brink longer than I have, I think. And he's ready. There's a few guys from Michigan here that are ready to go. And um, you know, it's it's just good. It's good for Michigan MMA. It's good for the scene to, to have these type of people representing the sport. You know, I think it's taken a turn and people are starting to realize this isn't just human cockfighting anymore. It's, it's, it's people that dedicate time and energy and, and passion into something that they love and, um, they enjoy watching it and it's entertainment. You know, at the end of the day, you gotta be able to do that. And, you know, that's what we're here for. Well, I'm going to tell everybody in my audience, if you get a chance, and I'm sure it's all over Facebook, go watch the fight. Go watch the finisher versus uh, Townsend. Uh, that's exactly what to do if you're a jiu-jitsu guy on how to avoid a striker. I mean, from from the opening bell to the, the last round, uh, just utter domination. Congratulations, Jason, on uh, a very big win. And uh, yeah, I, 
all the all the stuff behind it makes it even better. Like you took a short notice, you're replacing someone going to the UFC, and now you you have two belts. Yeah, you know, I wasn't you know completely happy with my performance, even though it was you know a short notice fight. I you know I, I expect better of myself every time I'm in there. I I'm always looking for a finish, and you know uh, you know people have asked me, oh, you got to change your nickname. You know, I don't. It's not about, you know, the nickname, you know, kind of gets to me because, yeah, I'm always, it, it more motivates me to, to, to try to be the, the guy that finishes the fights. You have to be, you know, I'm not, I, I don't like decisions. I've been on, you know, the wrong end of them a couple of times. And, you know, I know a lot of people have, you see it even at the high level. So, you know, that's, that's just something for me to strive for more than anything is to, to get better, to finish the fights and, uh, and, and yeah, on to the next one. All right, Jason, thank you for giving us a few moments of your time. Congratulations on the win. I'm sure we'll be hearing thank from you. you again. Take care. Yep. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. All right. That is Jason, uh, Fisher, uh, from Michigan top team. Uh, just, it was great. Uh, as, as happy and as media, I try not to root. But I've I've known Jason for a long time. I've known Javier. I've known everybody at Michigan Top Team for a long time. And him taking that short notice, moving up in weight, fighting a, a really good striker in Townsend who is ranked number one in the state. I don't know if people even know that. Who was a belt holder himself. I mean, that, that was really kind of cool to see. So good for Jason. Good for Jason. I like it. Good for you. I know. Good for you. I know. Um... <laughs> Like I said, and I got Anthony Barnes. Uh, well, I think Amanda Bobby Cooper probably got Barnes there. Well, but, I, obviously, I but mean. I, I got I got him uh, watching. We were watching the Jarrell fight on um, his phone, and okay. we were watching MMA at the same time. So we were we were like it was Xanadu. It was just really cool. We were just having <laughs> having a moment there where we were watching both MMA and boxing. It was a lot of fun. We're gonna go to our first break. As I said, uh, we're gonna shift talk over to boxing here in a minute. But I think when we come back. We should uh, continue on a little bit with the Conor McGregor uh, Mayweather thing since it was the story of the week. We'll we'll bring the ring girls in here a little bit and um, see see which name's more recognizable to their friends. Um, is it still Floyd Mayweather? I mean, at one time he was like David Beckham. Like you said, Floyd Mayweather. I mean, he goes on world tours to like to Dubai, everywhere. And uh, Or is Conor McGregor uh, the bigger name right now? Who, who needs who in that fight? So let's go to... Uh, I'll be honest, probably four songs that you guys don't want to hear, but we'll be back in two minutes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Undercard, episode 220 or 221. Oh, dang it. You didn't give me enough time. She hold just on. she just counted it down from the 15-second mark. I, I know, but I wasn't. Hold on. Yeah, 220, 221, whatever it takes. That's right. <laughs> Officially episode 220. For those keeping track at home or on SoundCloud, uh, we got some special guests coming in here in a few minutes. But we wanted to ask the Ring Girls. We got Ring Girls uh, Taylor and we got Liz in here. Um, my my big thing is, I guess if you're Dana White and you're saying it's a fifty fifty split, you're saying that my guy is as big of a name as your guys' name. So I just wanted to ask Taylor really quickly: Who do you think is the bigger name, Floyd Mayweather Jr. or Conor McGregor? I think I've heard Floyd's name more, more. than Connor. That's yeah. right. Because he makes it rain, right? Or what, what What do you hear about Floyd? Like, I'm being honest. I'm just, I've heard his name be brought up before. Um, not, not a whole lot, but okay. enough that I recognize it, yeah. All right. So you think he's a bigger name? Yeah. Uh, with your family? If you were to, are your family, is your family MMA or boxing fans? 
Uh, my friends are. Okay. Do you think that any of them are delusional like uh, uh, Jimmy over there and think Conor McGregor <laughs> can actually win? Oh, you know, that's a 50-50 shot. I don't really 50-50 shot? No, I, no. Jimmy's Jimmy's right. A- anything could happen, so maybe it could happen. Um, what do you think they would say? Because MMA is big right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think they would say Conor McGregor's big or no? Um, I think they would still go with Floyd. All right. Very cool. How about you, Liz, over there? Same. Um, I feel like a lot more people know of Mayweather because he, from like TV shows and stuff, he's on more. Mm-hmm. Um, the 24-7s so made him. I feel like the younger generation would know of him more than uh, Connor. That oh, sounds like our guest might be here or somebody else is here. Um you guys maybe have never watched, but what made Floyd Mayweather was the 24-7s that HBO used to run in those behind the scenes up to the fights and just seeing his lifestyle, seeing him eat McDonald's before like a freaking fight and stuff like that and be okay. Because like, you know, we eat McDonald's and we're down for two days right. and he's fine. But he'd, he'd literally eat McDonald's and stuff like that. Uh, Rochelle, you liked the 24-7s, right? I love them. They're entertaining, right? You learn more about the fighters. If you're unsure about a fighter, then all of a sudden you have an invested interest. Exactly. Um, that's how I first started getting into it with you was watching the the one before the Canelo and Mayweather fight. Mm-hmm. That's where I fell in love with Canelo. Saul. Uh-huh. He likes shoes too much. That was his best quote of all the 24-7s. Yep. He goes, I like shoes too much. I actually, that, that's how he sounded. Uh, Conor McGregor bigger right now or Floyd Mayweather? Connor. Connor's beard? What? what? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Right now, maybe because Floyd's retired. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. right now. If yeah, you're... but he's, he's still everywhere. Like, I know it's not, like, related to boxing, but his sh- uh, he was on Rob Deerdeck. What is that show? Ridiculousness. And he pulled out, like, all of his money and was like, this is how much I carry with me and, like, thinks he's, like, just, like, trying to build his reputation more or whatever. I don't even know. But you don't see, like, him on other shows. Like, yeah, he may, okay, he could be retired or whatever. Or, like, Connor could be retired and you would still hear more of Mayweather. Mm-hmm. All right. This sense. is, <clears throat> I'm going to, hold on. Give me one second here. I'm going to write, I'm going to write some uh, statistics. I need a piece of paper for a second. Just, or whatever. All right. So give me one second here. Just keep talking. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we all just stop and. TMZ is fascinated by it. Uh, whatever uh, the 30 mile zone pushes is actually news in Hollywood. Doesn't mean it's news to the rest of the world. But uh, TMZ is all over this. So I just did a quick Google search. Mm-hmm. I Google searched Floyd Mayweather's name mm-hmm. and I Google searched Conor McGregor's name. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather uh, has 1,270,000 results for his name. Okay. 1,270,000 results for his name on Google. Mm-hmm. How much do you think uh, Conor McGregor has? Half of that. 14 million. 19,400,000, mm-hmm. which means that right now, Conor is more popular than Floyd because there's more. There's more news articles, there's more links, there's more whatever, and a vast majority than there is for Floyd Mayweather because 
Mayweather's retired right now. I feel like we're going to have to hug after this episode because you're going to think I'm just disagreeing to disagree with you again. But here we go again. The UFC actually has like a machine that pushes that out where boxing doesn't. We see boxing promoters. The UFC's a legit company. So I think a lot of that out there is just their propaganda out there. And that's what you're getting. I so, we, okay, we, we see could probably at a local level then. what boxing yeah. it's up to the boxer to get that out. And well, we could probably that. half that then, and that's still higher. Okay, but what if I he think it's up retired. to the boxer at, at this level where we're at right here? But on Mayweather's end, oh May, Mayweather, okay, he has his own company. Okay, I'm sure so yeah. that kind of. But helps. according to Fifty Cent, he didn't when he went to jail. Like he didn't even have an LLC. Ooh. You asked me. Who is hotter right now? Oh. Conor McGregor. Okay. Period. All right. More more popular right now. Popular yes. right now. I'm going to buy his fragrance. I'll be first in line. I know. <laughs> I will buy it. It's it's just going to smell like Guinness. No, it's, I mean, it's going yeah. to be another one collecting smell. dust in the bathroom. <laughs> it's going to be smelling like my Irish uncle or something. I'll be like, oh. Smells good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like Guinness and potatoes. Exactly. Warm Guinness too. At that. Warm Guinness and potatoes. Yeah. Corn beef too. A <laughs> little bit of corn beef. In there. Corn beef. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, you know, girls will like it. They'll be like, I'm, I'm hungry around him. I don't know if he's attractive, but I feel like I don't know why, but I have this <laughs> urge for potatoes and corn beef. <laughs> I have the urge to flash for beads and drink green beer around him. I don't know. <laughs> Woo, St. Patty's Day! <laughs> exactly. Ah, St. Patty's Day when everybody's Irish. That's right. When for St. Patty's Day, the only time a portageon is like a really valuable like yeah. option. You're like, I gotta use a portageon. Commodity. commodity yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The parade day and everything like that. Do you want to peek really quickly, Taylor, and see if our guests are there? I see. I hear people talking out there, and it could be the ghost of uh, podcast Detroit future. But I don't know if they are here or they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they like bring them. them in. They can be part of this conversation. This is this is Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. You just knock on the door and you in. <laughs> All right. How's everybody doing? Good. Sit However you want. Yeah, sit wherever you want. Sitting on the wall. How y'all doing? Good. How are you? It's oh, those all, right. all fall off. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it happens. Don't worry about it. You look at it funny and it falls off. You just owe us ten percent of your purse the rest of your career. <laughs> How you doing? We're, we're joined by uh, Jericho O'Quinn. Plus, uh, you brought some family with you too. You want to introduce your family? Yeah, uh, yeah, I got you. Here you go. Nice. Yeah, I got my dad with me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Robert O'Quinn and I got my uh, my brother with me, Robert O'Quinn. That's right, Robert, also a pro boxer. Yeah. Uh, you guys were awesome at Dynamic growing up as uh, amateurs, getting a chance to watch you. I actually lived down the street from Dynamic, so I saw you guys all the time. Oh yeah, we still there? No, I know. I'm just saying, like it was pleasure during the amateurs, and now I get to witness it in the pros. You just you're killing it. Man. Yeah, it's getting worse now. Like it's getting worse for the people while they're getting in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Is it gonna be tough? What, what what's gonna happen on Sunday with your opponent? Did you see the last fight? Oh, I know. <laughs> you take care of business. In a it's flash. gonna be worse. Really? Yeah. Uh, you want to give a prediction, or is this too early in your career to be a predicting kind of guy? No, it ain't too early. It's just y'all gotta come out and see it. You know? Oh, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, they gotta come out and see it. Like I'm gonna do it. 
we going I'm I'm in competition with myself from the last time. So it gotta be it gotta be better than the last time. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's the prediction. All right. Uh let's talk to your uh brother here, Robert. Uh sit watching you guys grow up in uh you know, there's always a little bit of a sibling rivalry going on. Um how do you guys stay in each other's corner? Uh and if you guys were to square off, who would win? Uh, I mean, we are our best competition, you know. We bring out the best in each other, so um, it's like a chess match. You know, he he know my moves and I know his, so we bring out the best in each other. But you know, there's no cameras and no audience in there when we be in there sparring, though. It's so, almost like you going against somebody that's know what you're gonna do. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't no winner, right? Well, your your dad's very lucky because you remember when the the Williams sisters had to play each other, like they would they would reach like a final, like at Wimbledon or yeah, something like mm-hmm. that, and the dad had to like not root, <laughs> right? <laughs> like at least at least in boxing, I know you guys will never fight each other for real because yeah. it's just not going to happen. Because it's kind of different because they actually playing against each other. When you yeah. get in the ring and you know that bell ring, it ain't no playing. You know what I'm saying? It's all the fun and games is gone. You right. know what I'm saying? It's, it's like strictly. Kill mode. Yeah, somebody know? can get hurt, you know, especially now with two brothers, you know, you don't want to be be the one, you know, having to, to comfort, you know, the brother that got knocked out or got hurt, you know, so. No amount of money can get us to do that. No, no, I mean, the Klitschko's never, I mean, it's just, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if that's ever happened. I'd have, actually have to research. You probably can pay other brothers to get in the ring with each other, but you can't do it with us. Right. You know, yeah, and you guys are close too. Yeah. All, all the times I've seen you guys, you're, like, you're, you're, you're super close and stuff. Taylor, I'm going to have you sh- uh, share with Liz really quick, uh, and then we're going to have Chad sit down here. We're just talking, but I did want to talk to you guys really quick um, before we get off the subject and then move on to your guys' fight. Uh, the talk around the boxing industry is Conor McGregor uh, possibly fighting Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, we talked I've about it. Jimmy says that Connor might have a chance. I that say there's not no what way. I said. <laughs> yeah, it is. That is not what I said. No. I said in any any event where two guys get in the ring, he do got a chance though. There is always something that could go wrong. You just he, he got a chance. All I'm chance. saying, yes. he got a chance at getting another loss, a high chance, like <laughs> <laughs> getting embarrassed. Uh, in so my theory was basically this: is that the UFC. That's their brightest star. I think Floyd would mop the floor of them. First off, I don't know of a commission that would allow somebody forty nine and O to fight somebody that's O and O in pro boxing. Right. I, I, I don't think. First off, Connor owes Nevada money. Okay, so he's never going to fight there again, uh, and that's the only place Floyd fights because there's no state income tax there. So you know he, he's all about the money. This is just b- both propaganda talk to keep them like relevant in talking while other stuff's going on in boxing but it's fun to talk about yeah. um man it i mean it would be really good for our show if it happened like i like i was saying like i mean like we could ride that for like seven weeks even, right. maybe eight weeks we just talk about it every week yeah. uh well you i'm gonna let you introduce your coach chad I, i've known chad for a while but you, you you know you you give the uh the personal touch to your coach here chad all right we got chad jack Laura. all right to start off this man had a uh, a nice amateur background himself. Um, yeah, how'd you do against Floyd? It was a good fight. <laughs> <laughs> I went the distance with the guy. Oh, everybody else in that tournament, everybody else in that tournament got knocked out by Floyd, except for him. And he put. A, I watched the tape just the other day again. He put up. A, he put up a good, a, a good fight against me. And um, me and my coach relationship in the gym is just like. He know exactly what I need to be doing. Like, 
like my body style and physique and stuff and the way that I fight Chad is the great teacher for that you know what I'm saying so it's like another I work with other cultures I ain't we ain't click like they couldn't help me you know what I'm saying so hey he just got me right you know what I'm saying uh, well we've been since 09 and we done won multiple championships that speaks a lot right there um, what two years in the game got, I was ranked number one in the country not even two years so and then every year after that Rank high, rank well, rank number one. Number, um, I was always ranked number one. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Chad, uh, vice versa. Tell us something. Uh, what what makes Rico so special out of all the talent that you've seen come through Dynamic? Or or I, I actually you, you coach the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves team. You're actually going over with Team Detroit to Ireland here at May 23rd, 22nd, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, what makes Rico so special? Hold out on. of everybody you see. I just know how to win. Under all circumstances, I just know how to win. All right. That's good. He, uh, Rico, he actually makes my job pretty easy compared to uh, the other boxers that I work with. Uh, he's just a hard worker. He's a go-getter. He's dedicated. He has heart. Um, and he listens well. And that's, if you have all that stuff put together in one person, it's kind of rare. So uh, that's what makes it, that's what makes him special. Now, uh, somebody in the boxing world that's no longer in the boxing world wanted me to ask you this. Uh, how much input do you have, Chad, into what Salida's uh, doing? Because typically in the past, promotions used to have a good relationship with the trainer as they moved a the trainer up. Um, how much does the promotion that Rico's with, uh, how much input do you have in his development of how many fights he's going to take? Well, I mean, obviously his promoter looking out for his best interest because – the better that Rico does, you know, obviously the promoter is going to do well too. So, uh, you know, they before the fights they talk to us and the matchmaker, his matchmaker is Dennis Turner. They always mm-hmm. confirm and within uh, Rico's manager, uh, Mike Leonardi, we we all get on the phone and sometimes it's a conference call or whatever it might be. But uh, you know, we 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 all work together and pick the pick the best the best direction to go to move forward. So it's not like. They get him a fight, and we don't know anything about it. You know, he's before he signs any contract, we're we're all on the same page. So, very cool. And then obviously, your dad has a huge input on this. How many fights do you want to see Rico have this year in, a, in an ideal world? Uh, many as they can give him. You know, many as possible. You know, not to go too fast, but go fa- you know go move fast enough so he can get to that level where he want to be. Mm-hmm. You know. And then Robert's looking for a fight. Uh, extremely talented over there. Um, how close are you, Robert, to maybe having a fight? Are you in talks with some people? You don't have to reveal um, names, but I might be on the next show um, here in Detroit. The next um, Detroit Bra. Okay, very good. So then, uh, you, you guys maybe share a card. Uh, that would be pretty special too. Yeah, you know, everybody looking forward to that. And you know, they ain't seen that since our pro debut. So right, they looking forward to that. Uh, let me remind people where you guys can see uh, Rico fighting uh, really quickly. It is happening this Sunday, January 22nd. It is at Ma- uh, Masonic Temple. What's the name of that theater? The Wright, Cath- the Wright Cathedral Theater. And uh, you can get your tickets from Ticketmaster.com. It's, uh, doors are at 4. Fights start at 5. Um, as as you're getting older, Rico, um, do you have an idea of what, what weight class you'll probably end up at? Because uh, Chad would tell you and i would tell you that you being so young that's not necessarily we're going to end up have you right. thought 
maybe down the road where where you're probably gonna end up? Probably twenty six. Uh huh. I'm at one eighteen right now. Um, and, but I don't get that big, you know. Big as I get is twenty eight. So I figure in the next few years I've I've been getting up to one thirty eight, one forty. So then I can cut down to twenty six because I can't fight at that weight now because. I be walking out fighting that when I walk around that and these guys be weighing in at what I'm weighing in at and then the next day we get in the ring, this dude went up twenty pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, so the obvious advantage of fighting where you're fighting right now is you 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 can move up the rankings quick because there's not a lot of boxers at that thing. The the disadvantage is that as you move up and you become a title holder in that division, there's not gonna be a lot of opponents out for you is is because that, that weight class isn't as full and that would be something that I could see you moving to just find competition, maybe jumping around weights. I mean, that's that's what boxing is now, Chad, isn't it? Like yeah, everybody's yeah, jumping sure. weights. We got uh, the we got we got one of the best um, we got the best matchmaker with us, so we are gonna find them fights. Tennis Turner, yeah, Dennis yeah. Turner. We gonna we gonna find them. All they right. can't run, they can't hide either. We gonna find them. Well, what what do you think, Chad? Uh, uh, nowadays, with everybody fighting, I mean, Demetrius Banks is fighting in a few months or a month from now in a heavyweight. Everybody's kind of dabbling somewhere. Yeah, know? I mean, uh, boxing's kind of came alive uh, within the last year, I would say, here in Detroit, as far as uh, the professional show has been going. Um, it was slow for a long time, but uh, there's uh, three or four promoters in the area that are putting shows on, and it's good for boxing, you know. Um, uh, Dimitri is uh, uh, Rico's uh, promoter, and uh, he puts on good shows. He's been putting on good shows since he started the Detroit Brawl. Um, some of the best fights are on his shows, I believe. So uh, we're just happy to be connected with Dimitri, and uh, he always he always gets us gets us a good match. And so we got the best shows in Detroit. Period. The Detroit Brawl is the best you can get when it comes to boxing in Detroit, and. Since um, Dimitri stepped in the game, well, he's a sophomore now in Detroit. This will be a second year. Um, I know a lot of them other promoters are mad. They mad because they um, kept me in the dark. They kept Leonardo Tyner in the dark. They kept um, James Smith in the dark, too. And on this card, you got all three of us fighting. And this is going to be a sold-out event, January 22nd. And it ain't been no shows sold out in Detroit since when? Oh, I, actually, the the one in December, Mo Adams. I was, I was sold gonna say out. there was just one. Oh, yeah, that that did sell out. But besides that, it might have been a while. Yeah, yeah, Mo Adams packed it in in December. Like, I mean, he's got a huge following, and so I'll give Mo Adams credit. That was a sellout. Oh, that's. It was uh, yeah. He do got a he do got a nice follow. <laughs> but I, I had to do the count for fight news. I, I know it was sold out, and they weren't selling uh, tickets at the door. Uh, but I know what you're saying. It yeah. would be nice to get back to where these uh, capacity crowds, mm-hmm. where it's a little bit exciting. Uh, talking to our, my good friend Scotty Buck and stuff like that. Man, he goes and gets ready. Like you know, he dresses up and nice in washes his car and stuff. I think that's great. I want to see that come back. You know that little. You know what Detroit meant, but where boxing was an event, it was a night out. You know, I don't want it to be what it's become. You know, about five years ago and stuff like that. I want it to become an actual sporting event. You know, yeah. Um, people got to remember it's a sporting event. They talk boxing like it isn't a sporting event. Yeah. Boxing is you know one of the you know back when Detroit was in its heyday. 
was huge to this town. Um, Chad, really quickly, uh, because you've gotten to witness with uh, Robert and uh, Rico, um, you work with amateurs, but you also work with pros. Mm -hmm. What kind of things do you look for as a trainer for when it's time for somebody to turn pro? What what, what do you see in them? Um, Uh, What development are you looking for? The main thing would be um, there's a lot of talent, not only in my gym, but all around the city. And the main thing you look for before you turn somebody pro is they have to be mature enough. And I think that's a big problem right now in Detroit. We have a lot of kids with talent, but they're not anywhere near mature enough to turn professional. And uh, I think that's that's one of the – for myself, that's how I train, and that's what I look for. You know, like I said, we have a lot of talent in my gym at Dynamic Boxing Club and, uh, you know – do they but, think they're just going to, well, I'm going to be pro, so I'm going to make tons of money. That's what everybody thinks. They're going to be a millionaire when they turn <laughs> pro. And little true. do they know. That's and, hard and, work to get sponsors. Yeah, yeah. And, and I let them know, like, it's not how it is. But you can't, <laughs> it's hard to tell an 18-year-old kid who thinks they know everything. You know? I'm the best. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that, that's uh, something, too, to bring up is that, um, you know, typically an amateur career was like in well over 120 fights. We're learning a little bit about more with head injuries and stuff like that. Chad, you're around it with our, our team. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think ideally a good amateur career is now? Because I think 120 might be a set, excessive. Mm-hmm. I mean, as as far as lately, that's that that it has been excessive. Uh, most of the the guys that do turn pro, some of them had 20 fights, some of them made ahead, maybe a hundred. But uh, you know, it, it, and like I said, I, I'm not saying if you only had 20 fights, you can't turn pro. Because if you're mature enough and ready, then you know that's. I, I think that's what uh, what you need to have. Not only do you need talent and skills, you have to be mature enough to, you know, make that your profession. Because when you turn professional, that's your profession, and you know that's what you have to focus and dedicate yourself to if you want to be successful. Just like any other job, you know, yeah. it's not no getting in the gym. Oh, I got a fight coming up. I got to get in the gym. It ain't none of that. You know what I'm saying? It's, in the pros, there's no room for error. So you got to always be ready. And, like, um, last year, it was a bad year for me with boxing because I um, I had a little injury, and I had some bad paperwork, too. So that was basically was just like a, a year of just standby time. But through the whole time, I was still in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And most fighters would have been. They would have lost faith in what they was doing. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, yeah. I ain't fought in a year. I ain't fought in this long. I'm about to just quit. Or they would have got out the gym. Like, there's no point in me training because I ain't, I'm training for what? But you just got to stay ready because, you know, the opportunity to come at any given moment. And likewise, your brother Robert's been waiting now for a fight. So you're able to, I mean, you guys have been through this where you're, you know, boxing's a lot of waiting. Mm-hmm. Whether it's mm-hmm. whether it's fight night or whatever. And then, it's gonna be, and then it's going to be times where, oh, they said they got you a fight. And then falls through. Yeah, because yep, like on they the last fight, weight. no, on the last fight where he, where Robert fought on, it was what in May. It was in May. They these guys said they had me a fight, but whole time they just used me on the flyer to to um for promotion and sell and tickets. Sell tickets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, they're like, "Oh yeah, we got you a fight. We got you a fight. Don't worry about it. Day before the fight, yeah, we got you a fight. Uh, I forgot his name. I get to the weigh-ins. Yeah, we still got you a fight." They ain't had me no fight. It was just lying just to for promotional use and to get money. Now, on this card that's happening on Sunday, uh, who would you guys least 
want to face. I mean, you got Red, who we're going to call here in a few minutes. You got Tyner, who can obviously work the body. Uh, who's the most dangerous fighter besides you on the card? And then Robert, who 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 do you think the most dangerous person besides your brother is on Sunday's card? Uh, the most dangerous fighter, in my opinion, you know, besides me and my brother, um, I would say Leonardo Tyner. He has a lot of experience. You know, um, he's crafty. You know, he just he just been around with some of the best, like Canelo, Alvarez. You no, know, he's been there with a lot of good guys. You know, and, and gave them trouble. You know, such for you know, a small guy. You no, know, he 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 give him problems. So I would say Leonardo Tyner. I would say Leonardo Tyner because of he's been in there with a lot of um, champions, and Leonardo Tyner has a <sighs> tremendous chin, and he has power that. Get um and he gets stronger throughout the rounds. He carries po- he he carries power in them later rounds. Like his last fight here, um, he wasn't landing any clean shots on the guy, and you know he was getting fatigued and stuff. But he still was carrying power, and he probably was um gonna lose on the scorecards. But that last second of the uh the final round, oh yeah, he Angel, Angel Hernandez, yeah, yeah. He, he ended it. He carried that power, and that's that's dangerous. Because when you get fatigued and you still got a guy shooting at you with power, man, it's bad. And he um he got something that you did that I got that my brother got the macho. Yeah, he got he got that um he got that Detroit pride. Mm-hmm. He got that killer in him. He got that dog in him. He got that inner beast. Everybody ain't got that. You can teach a fighter skills. They can learn. They can pick up on things. They can learn how to box and be good. They can look pretty until but they get hit. if they ain't got no heart, they ain't really got nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't, it ain't how it's a guy with heart can be the guy with skills. Right. What's, what's the old adage, Jimmy? But uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Right? Yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Sure. Chad, Chad, <laughs> Chad probably agrees with me good. over there. Right. right? Uh, uh, Chad, uh, I, I always thank you for joining in because you give a perspective. Are you just ever able to enjoy a fight, or because you're a trainer, you're always looking for like, oh, he's doing that wrong? I mean, are you? I thought you were just going to ask him if he ever had time to sleep. Yeah, well, I know you don't do yeah. that. That answer is no. And, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I do enjoy the fights after the after Rico gets finished fighting. Mm-hmm. Before that, it's it's pretty much. Rico's having fun and he's relaxed and I'm I'm more stressed out than anybody I think just because it's I know it's a business and you know I have to make sure everything goes exactly the way it's supposed to you know and uh, but after he gets uh, finished fighting so I he doesn't really like when he fights early on the card but I do because then I can enjoy the rest of the show you know and the same thing with Robert you know they, they I think they'd rather be later on the card mm-hmm. than earlier but for me. I like when they fight earlier. Then I can relax and enjoy the show. So it's bad for Detroit boxing when we fight early. Because yeah, because we bring all the fans. I bring I bring a large crowd too. Mm-hmm. And last the last fight, not the last one, but the um, first one back in Detroit, I think that was. I brought a large crowd, and the whole crowd followed me into the hallway afterwards to take pictures. Nice. And then a lot of, um, a lot of people most left. people left after I fought. <laughs> And that's how I was when I was with them guy Antonio Gates and them. Like the crowd wasn't the crowd wasn't heavy. I brought a nice crowd, but it still didn't sell out. But I brought mm-hmm. a nice, probably hundred and fifty people, and they left after I fought. They didn't, nobody stayed to watch the fights no more. Yeah, 
Uh, Chad, you, you're also from the Toledo area. Something mm-hmm. I want to see happen is I want to I want to see Toledo and Detroit, the cards actually being a little bit of mis- uh, like mashed potatoes. I want to see like a promoter maybe throw throw in Toledo, then come back and throw in Detroit because Toledo right now, obviously with Easter Junior and mm-hmm. stuff, the talent there's amazing. Easter yeah. Junior is now PVC and, and doing his own things, uh-huh. but Toledo's on the rise, and Toledo there's a lot is, of young yeah. a lot of young talent in Detroit too. Yes, uh, it would be really cool if a promoter got his license down in Ohio. And then also did his Detroit thing where every other month, Toledo, Detroit, Toledo, yeah. Detroit. Not yeah. necessarily Detroit versus Toledo, but just mixing yeah. the, the uh-huh. talent pool. Yeah. Talk a little bit about yeah. some of the people down in Toledo you know that are coming up too. Uh, uh, the guys down in Toledo, obviously Robert Easter Jr., uh, Sonny Fredrickson, yeah. uh, Tyler McCreary. Yep. Um, Ware, who's on Tucker, this? DeAndre Ware. Yeah, he's, who's on this card. Know, and uh, th- all those guys came are at the gym where I came out of in Toledo. They mm-hmm. train at my gym, my old gym, Glass City Boxing Gym. And, uh, you know, I love going down there just to see my old coaches and see the old people down at the gym. The gym hasn't changed much. It's still a, as dirty and nasty as it always was. But, you know, that's what makes <laughs> that's it a the good gym. gym. Yeah. Yeah. So, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, we uh, we had Rico down there three or four times. Uh, Shout out to Toledo. recently, uh, you know, sparring with uh, Tyler. Tyler McCreary. They're nice. They're sparring eight and ten rounds, and uh, good work down there. Uh, Robert Easter Jr. is in camp down there, so he was obviously there, and he supports Rico. He knows Rico, and uh, you know, he's always giving him pointers, and his dad as well. So it's always nice to go back to Toledo. And I get the chance to see my mom too. I'm just gonna nice. make a prediction really quickly. You you don't lease your car, do you, Chad? You you own that. Yes. I was gonna I say, there's it. no way you lease. You are no. everywhere. I'm everywhere. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to lease a car. You, yeah. you are. <laughs> I I put between work and and the gym every day is 150 miles a day. I drive. Jeez, oh, Pete's. Every day. I kind of I kind of know that feeling. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah. Well, I kinda, yeah, yeah, I know the feeling, but still I'm all over. It, yeah. So when people are like Lisa Carr, you'd be like, I can't do that <laughs> stuff. Uh, we're going to call uh, James Gordon Smith here really quick. I got to do this first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go through what's on tap really quick. All right. Give me a second here. And then gotta... we're going to call uh, James Gordon Smith. All right. Yeah, we, we, got, we got to give our shout out to our sponsors and do our sponsor stuff. <clears throat> All right. Once again, this is What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. All right, January 20th, Atlantic City uh, on Showtime. We have Adam Lopez versus Danny Roman, 12 rounds for the WBA Junior Featherweight Eliminator. Um, January 22nd at Detroit, Detroit Brawl. Uh, we have Leonardo Tyner versus Estevan uh, Dernanes, uh, eight rounds for the welterweights. James Gordon Smith versus, uh, I'm going to, I think it's pronounced Sylvester Atji. Uh, we have Alexi Zuboff versus Andreas Kosmer, uh, Junior Wright versus Damon McCreary. Uh, we have Rico over here versus uh, Angel. You know how to pronounce your opponent's last name? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, Carvajal. 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 All right. Uh, four rounds for the Bantamweights. Uh, Larry Ventis versus Jesus Lule. Four rounds for the Welterweights. Uh, we have DeAndre Ware versus To Be Announced, Marcus Carter versus To Be Announced, and Dwayne Ziegler uh, versus To Be Announced. Uh, going to MMA on January 21st, 2017, we have Bellator 170, uh, Sonin, or Sonin versus Ortiz in California. And that's What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. 
Yeah, I was just looking at uh, James uh, Gordon Smith's opponent. It's almost like it's teasing you to pronounce it the way it looks, but then you know you're going to sound ridiculous. That, that's if you do. yeah, exactly. That's why I was like Sylvester, eh. right? Sylvester? I don't know. Sylvester? Yeah, I think I don't know. Pretty close, actually. Uh, people that um, I, I um, hang out with and talk the sport, they actually think the the James Gordon Smith fight versus his opponent is going to be the fight of the night. Maybe getting a voicemail, or Red's not answering. Hello. Hey, Red. This is Brad. What's going on? Brad, this. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is Brad. You're live on the undercard. How are you? I'm doing fine. What's going on? Oh, not much. Uh, we are joined by James Gordon Smith. He's ten and zero with five coming by way of knockout. He's going against opponent with a ten three and one record. We believe his last name is pronounced Sylvester. Uh, but this is supposed to be the fight of the night. Um, I know you always bring it. I know you can go deep into rounds. Tell me what you know about your opponent, and uh, tell me how ready you are for this fight. I'm ready. I, I never stopped training from the last fight. We trained straight through, so I'm ready for whoever they're going to put in front of me. I don't know too much about him, but he, I'm going to try to knock his head off like I do everybody else. But we've been working on things as far as keeping my defense tight. But I'm trying to get another knockout. All right, uh, you were injured uh, the last time you were on our show. You had injured your hand. Uh, the last fight, I did see you live. It looked like you hurt your hand. Is your hand 100% now? Every, everything good? I know a boxer never really goes into a fight 100%, but is this the healthiest you've been in a little bit? Yeah, it's been fine. I've been using it in the gym. Like, it's been fine. It ain't been giving me no problems. I just threw a punch wrong. It landed wrong, and I just kind of irritated, but it was no problem with it. Wasn't broken. I ain't messed nothing up. It's fine. Now uh, we got uh, Robert and Rico in here, uh, the O'Quinn brothers, and we got Chad from Dynamic. Uh, so they're feel, feel free to ask them any questions. You guys can host along too if you got any questions for Red. I know you guys see them all the time. But um, this fight's happening on a Sunday, uh, a little yeah. early of a start. But you guys are looking to put on a show. Um, tell us a little bit about. Uh, the development you uh, of you as a fighter. You're 10-0 and 0 now. Um, entertaining fighter. That's what everybody says around the country that sees you. They say you're entertaining because you're, you're not a clincher. You, you don't ever look to clinch. You just throw punches. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about the evolution of you as a fighter. Uh, I'm just trying to well tighten up my defense for sure. Moving up the ladder, I can't be getting hit with the shots that I'll be getting hit by with. Like, in the gym, just period. Like, so tighten up my defense. and I'm looking to uh, pick up my punch. I'll pick more. I can throw a lot more punches. But I ain't trying to change too much. I'm trying to keep the exciting style that I have. Just fill up the holes that I have as far as my defense and using my jab a little bit more, a lot more. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got that style that, um, and Chad agree with me, that the style, the the Proveknikovs, the uh, David Lemieux, the, the, that just are just, they just trade. You know, and that that's yeah. what I think of when I think of James Gordon is that he's going to be in the pocket trading, and typically yeah, James comes out. It's a lot funner that way, and people like the you you pay your money to you will pay your money to come see another guy look the same as when we first started. We in a hurting business. You want to see somebody I knocked out or something. 
somebody eye closed, somebody going to the hospital. That's what you pay your money to see. Not people running around and just tap, tap, tap all night. Chad, do you, do you agree with me, though? Uh, just uh, your, your impressions of a red, uh, what you've seen over him. And to me, entertaining fighter. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I've known Red uh, since he was an amateur, and uh, his his style hasn't changed much. Uh, he's always been an entertaining fighter, and uh, actually one of the the best amateur fights I have ever seen in person was uh, was uh, when Red fought um, um, the kid out of Saginaw. What's his name, Red? Ernie. Ernie. Ernie Garza. Yeah, that was yeah. one of the best fights I've ever seen live, and people should have paid. You know, paper. It was a pay per view fight for an amateur show. But uh, Red hasn't changed much. Uh, he he still fights the same. He's aggressive. He puts it on you, and he doesn't stop. So it's working for him, and uh, he's doing a great job, and I, I enjoy watching him box. Now, I, I don't know much about your opponent, Red, but I do know that if you defeat somebody at 10-3, and 3, you're going to move up in the rankings on BoxRec. Uh, you're going to jump some points. How important is it for you to get quality opponents now? Obviously, Dennis Turner is working on that with you, but... Uh, you're going to be reaching that point in a career where 11-0, uh, 12-0, 13-0, the fights get bigger. Uh, tell us a little bit about fighting somebody with such a winning record and, um, you know, how, how ready are you for this? No, I'm ready. I'm, I'm as ready as I can get. But uh, fighting guys with decent records put you up there. Like my last opponent was 14-2, and two, and that got me number six on box rack, so. So you, you just so that, that got me number that got me number six on box rack. So good wins like that will definitely keep moving me up to the right places that I where I want to be. Right. Uh, I had Rico and uh, Robert say uh, nice things about each other as brothers and stuff like that. You've obviously known yeah. uh, Rico and Robert for a long time. What what can you say about these mm-hmm. two guys that are in the studio? What, what what do you like about them as boxers? Uh, as far as Rico, I, I like Rico. He got real good feet. Like he got good legs. Like he he don't stay in the pocket too long. He get his shots off. Like, he got decent. He got real good head movement. Like he like, he got a very good cue for as long as he's been in the sport. Cause I don't, I don't know how long Rico been boxing, but he so he turned open. Like he took over everything. One national here there. And the same as far as his brother. His brother just can punch that motherfucker. Excuse my language. That motherfucker can crack, man. He got it with that straight right hand. He punched. <laughs> uh, he dropped Eric at the glove. Yep. Uh, he cracking for real. Wow, man. Those things, man. Yeah, thanks, man. They, they, hey. they, just, they, they just coming from a good bloodline. Like, they both can fight. Like, hey. they, they don't get no better than that. Hey, and then, you know, Eric says, no, no, when we first started in the average, you know, 2009, you know, um, you know, um, Red, you know, he used to, uh, you know, be um, with Paul and um, Chad, you know. Um, he was one of my favorite fighters, you know what I'm saying, even to this day, you know, because, you know, I ain't seen you know, too many guys, you know, throw their hands like Red, you know, he and he go, when he go to the body, you know what I'm saying, somebody about to fall, you know. Yep. Somebody about to be hurting, somebody about to get an A count, somebody about to get a stop. No clenching, you know no so, holding. Yeah, no clenching, no holding. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready to you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that, you know, um, January 22nd, you know, with Red, you know, seeing him you know, put somebody down, you know what I'm saying, like he did you know, in the amateurs, you know. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Low-key, Red don't even know he was the first uh, amateur boxer that I knew. You know what I'm saying, and got oh, to okay. see. Like uh, I don't even know if he mm. remember, but back in uh, when y'all was at the O'Shea Recreation Center, he was down there boxing. Everybody yeah, from, I remember yeah, yeah. boxing yeah. giants from the hood. You know what I'm saying, and red on mm-hmm. like five, you know five or whatever. He boxing people that's one sixty five, six foot, one sixty five, and stuff like that. 
But yeah, man, I, like that just told me, like, man, I gotta get in the gym, man. That's what got us in the boxing right there, man, right there. That was that's the day that it started. I'm like, man, I gotta get in the gym. And it was only for like another year, and my parents actually let me get in there, and then we just been working ever since. <laughs> Well, see, you got that. You got that, uh, Red. They they said yeah, that you got him in the gym, man. That's that's awesome. That's what's up. That's what it's, that's what it's about. Just helping young guys figure something out as far as outside of not being in the streets. Just something positive. Enrico and his brother is going down the right path. As far as they are very church going people and stuff, they trying to like. As far as they using boxing to bring people back to church and stuff, so they they moving in the right direction. All right. Well, we want to thank you, uh, James Gordon Smith, for joining us. You can catch him uh, this Sunday at the Masonic Temple at the Detroit Brawl. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you on Sunday. Hey, James. Okay, thank you all. Hey, James. What up, though? Hey, what round are you going down in? I'm trying to get a first and second round. You know how it go. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm going I'm to set the show right, off right. Bro. I'm going to set the show off right. Uh, mine gonna be faster than yours though. No, 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 no. See, that's where you messed up at. <laughs> can I, can we, we, we'll find out. We'll find out. So can we'll we, see. Can we get a push up bat going? Uh, we you wanna, yeah, you wanna I wager? You wanna wager five hundred push ups? <laughs> yeah, I do that. Yeah, we got it. Five hundred push ups? Uh huh. All right. Yeah. That's the bet. Chad, All you got to right. make sure it happens. All right. If Rico, if Rico doesn't do it, he's got to do 500 push ups. If, uh, if you take too long, James, you got to do 500 push ups. I got it. All right. You, 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 you pay for overtime. We're getting him out of there. <laughs> All, right. All right. You heard the official bet. Take care, James. You too. All right, before we let this uh, roundtable go, which uh, we got a great roundtable going, talking boxing really quick, I did want to talk about uh, national. Uh, Canelo's fighting Chavez Jr. Chavez Jr. at one time was supposed to be uh, one of the bigger names in the sport, obviously because of his dad. Um, questionable training with Freddie Roach, questionable lifestyle, and all of a sudden Chavez Jr. was off the map, but... The good news is he still is a big brand name in Mexico, and Canelo and uh, Chavez Jr., this fight's going to happen. A lot of people are complaining that Canelo says he won't move up for Golovkin, but he's moving up. Uh, what is it? What is this fight? It's a catch weight. What, 166.5 yeah. or something they're fighting at? Um, double check that, actually. Make sure what the weight is at. Um, but this is still going to be a big win for Canelo. This is kind of like what when um, – uh, you had to go through Oscar De La Hoya. You you have to go through a big name like this. I mean, do you guys agree? Uh, as we wait for the Golovkin-Canelo thing to finally arrive whenever it does, uh, this is, in Mexico, this is a pretty big fight. Yeah, it's a good paper. It's a good it's a good fight on paper, but, you know, we all know that Canelo is about to come out victorious. You know, a better fight would be Danny Jacobs. Right. You know, and Golovkin, you know, but... I don't think Canelo will know. I don't think he really wants parts of a Golovkin, though. I think eventually he will. I think the payday will be too big. But right now, I, I think they can make a lot of money without Golovkin. Golovkin needs Canelo more than Canelo needs Golovkin. That's the truth. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Rico? Uh, uh, obviously, Canelo walks through him. I, I actually, I don't know if he can get a knockout, but I think you, I think you're going to get him to quit on the stool in the ninth or the tenth. Oh, I'm sorry. It's going to be 164.5 pounds, uh, nine and a half pounds heavier than Alvarez has ever fought. Um, I, knew, I thought it was 166. Um, I, I think he's going to get Chavez to quit on the stool and get yeah, the TKO win. Him. Yep, ninth round. He, yes. he, won't, he won't knock him down. Somewhere in the eighth and ninth. But I think he's going to punish him. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, think, I think this fight is um, 
it's just Canelo fighting a bigger guy to get ready for Golovkin, you know. Right, first time at that weight. Yeah, so I think that's all that is. And um, me personally, uh, I don't like Golovkin, you know. So if him and Canelo fought, I'm going with Canelo. Yeah, and I think Canelo's special. Yeah, he's nice. Yeah, he's nice. Um, yeah, all right. Um, but I don't like the guy Canelo. I don't see nothing. I just all I see is power. You know what I'm saying? Right. And eventually, that's not gonna win him all the fights. Like, mm-hmm. they're only gonna carry you so far. Somebody gonna be able to get out the way and be able to tag you up in between, you know, rounds and all the type of stuff. You're just gonna get him. You got the Charlo brothers coming up in the in that way too. Yep. Know, so they're I moving think, up. And I don't think I think that'll be a good fight for for um, Canelo. One of the I think that's I think that's a tougher fight for Canelo. This is going to sound crazy. I'm going to say a crazy statement here, and someone's <laughs> going to use this against me. I think that's a tougher fight for Canelo than Golovkin. I do. I do, too. I think that Charlo uh, is scary now. I really do. They got uh, size, man. Yep. Those and, some big guys. Uh, size and skills. Right. Golovkin, to me, has that European look about him, the way they stand, the way they move. Mm-hmm. Um I think that can be figured out. I really do. I think Canelo is very mobile. I think Canelo is a lot faster than when I saw him go against Mayweather. Um, I think he, I think he learned a lot from that experience, which he was going to lose no matter what. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean that that was a a great situation for him in which it didn't matter that he didn't win. He and then he became a global superstar. Um, I, I think that the the Charlo brothers are going to be around for a long time. And they're going to be dangerous. And whatever weight class they they decide to uh, pick, I think some people will avoid them. Yeah, just like it did at 154. You know, um, what's the what's the one that's moving up? Jamel. Yeah, yeah, he's going up to 160. I think they're going to try to duck him right there. So right, they're going to try to find a lot of fights for him. But you know, they about to duck him. Right, and that was one of the best things to come out of PBC Premier Boxing Championships. Is uh, all of a sudden they were household names. Um, but that's an exciting division and stuff like that. And um, so let's talk really quickly why I have you guys here. Let's talk uh, Ward Kovalov. It should be an automatic rematch. I don't know what's going on if, if Ward doesn't want to fight Kovalov or not. But uh, who did you guys have winning? Since I have not even talked to Chad about this. Who, who did you have winning that fight? I thought I thought uh, Kovalev won the fight. Yeah, I thought Kovalev won the fight too. Um Close. It was close. Yeah, it was close. Um, it was real. Andre Warrior is real technical. Um, it was clearly that Kovalev was winning the early rounds, and then it got to a point where you can't, you couldn't really tell who was winning because Andre Warrior so technical and hitting him with some short shots in the inside, and he's scoring that it's not catching the eye of a lot of people. He didn't win in a real spectacular fashion, but it was close. Uh, it could have went. Either way, if if Clover would have got it, I wouldn't have said the uh, Andre Ward got robbed. And um, but I think Kovalev worked harder. Andre Ward was just a little bit smarter than him. Mm-hmm. So uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on with you guys is eighty thousand seats were sold at Wembley Stadium, I believe Wembley Stadium for uh, Joshua versus Klitschko. The crowds are bigger in Europe, absolutely. Um, it's soccer over there, or as they call it, football, yeah. in boxing. Uh, you think we'll ever get to big crowds like that again? Occasionally we'll have the Dallas Stadium with a, a Pacquiao fight down there. Versus, uh, I think Canelo could probably 
you know, I, I think Canelo versus Golovkin in Dallas would probably sell out a big stadium like that. But do you think uh, we're, we're going to see attendance eventually like uh, they're having over in Europe? I mean, Chad, you've been to Europe a few times, you know. Yeah, we got the O'Quinn brothers coming up, so yeah, you know that's that <laughs> so, just says a lot right there. Like, God gonna do some amazing things with us both. We're gonna um, break we're gonna break records when it comes to selling out arenas and all that stuff, man. We're gonna break entertaining records. the whole world, man. We got a lot to to, to offer. So if you guys sell out Ford Field, I'll do 500 push-ups. Uh, that'll <laughs> be a bet right there. It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. You guys sell out Ford Field. I'll do 500 push. You got a lot. Of, um, we still young, so you got some time. To I, get know, ready. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'll probably do. First, 10 we got to knock down this. First, we got to knock down this door with the TV. Once we get in that door, uh huh. Like you could just put my foot in there. I'm busting that door wide open. They're gonna be calling me back. Like we need this kid back on um, Showtime. We need this kid back on HBO. We need this kid, and then. We're going to do numbers on pay-per-view, and they're going to want me back. Man. All right. Uh, we're going to go to our last uh, music break. We're going to take pictures with our guests really quick. I want to thank uh, – Jere- I always call you uh, Rico, but Jerico O'Quinn, Robert O'Quinn. Uh, you got a great dad here. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and then, Chad, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we're going to do our pictures really quick. We'll be back in a few seconds and close this show down. Uh, Usually a three-day turnaround. I do it the day before. Welcome to episode 220, 221. Hold on. God dang it. And if you don't know... not enough time. The the flip of the finger. Oh, that was enough time. No, that wasn't enough time. Hold on. I can't... Okay, I give up. My computer's having a nervous... I'll show we're referencing the classic scene from Mr. Mom when he's trying to impress his wife's boss. And he says he's going to do a little bit of remodeling. Right. Uh, well, that's the that's the thing is uh, um, if you've never seen Mr. Mom, uh, it's a great Michael Keaton uh, movie, and I forget who plays the boss. You remember the actor's name? Mull. Uh, yeah. What's his first name? Martin, Martin Mull. Martin Mull. And anyways, so uh, Michael Keaton lost his job, and he's basically become a um, a stay at home dad while his wife goes off to work. And um, he's doing this giant remodel of the house, and the boss comes in, and he asks him, he, you know, with the rewiring, and he's like, so are you using 220? And Michael Keaton responds, oh, wait, hold on. I got two more takes. All right, All right g- give on. it to us one more time. All right, and Michael Keaton responds with? Yeah, 220, 221, whatever it takes. <laughs> Which is classic, because 221. Well, and so, I mean, if you don't know uh, about electricity, um voltage in a house usually 220 is like your gas or not your gas your stove um any heavy electronics uh or appliances like that your refrigerator that runs on 220 and everything else runs on 120 um so that's why it's kind of funny because there is no such thing as one or 221 (laughs) that's like classic so uh you might even hear it next week the sound droppy as we do hit episode 221 (laughs) 220 221 uh so um we caught a movie that flew under the radar the other day, so I wanted to talk about uh, maybe everybody suggest a movie that somebody has to see. Um, That's funny. I was just oh, telling my friend saying. online about this exact thing. So you guys are going to have to come up with movies that uh, – look at Liz. <laughs> just, just, just say a movie that you think we should see. First off, uh, Nice Guys. Flew Under the Radar, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Oh, okay. I don't think I've laughed that hard in a movie. Okay. In years. 
Okay. Some of the scenes. Wolf of Wall Street. Since yeah, since Wolf of Wall Street, some of the scenes are so freaking funny that I laughed so hard that like I thought I was gonna black out. it somehow involves the Detroit auto scene. It somehow involves <laughs> it involves everything. The plot, not that great, but the comedy. Ryan Gosling, I'm a fan. I don't. What, what do they call his fans? The are they like little gooses or Gosling gooses or what are they? I am one of them. The Goslings. I'm a Gosling. The Hey Girls. Uh, yeah, I, I want to be a Hey Girl. Everything that guy does is amazing. La La Land, great, nice guys, hilarious. Um, even the small part he plays in the big short where he's the guy that comes to him and tells him all the mortgages are going to go. Uh, just everything he does is amazing. Uh, he, he may pass, uh, he might, and nah, I don't, I don't think anyone passes Kevin Costner. I was going to say, like, are you putting him up there with your, with Kevin Costner? No, I mean, Kevin Costner's hair in Bull Durham. I mean, just that alone. But so let's. Let's let's go around the table really quick. Uh, we're gonna go this way, uh, Jimmy. So I'm suggesting if you've not seen the Nice Guys, go rent it, watch it. It's a long movie, but it's worth it, uh, Jimmy. Uh, are we talking current movies? Or are we talking? No, it can like, be something you know, that's the girls under the radar. Stuff up on their phone right now. <sighs> Some, I mean, for me, if you haven't seen it, you have to see Princess Bride. Oh, okay, Princess. It's a classic. It is probably one of the greatest movies of all time. It represents every single kind of love that there is. Mm-hmm. Every character represents a different kind of love, it, whether it be Wesley and Buttercup romantic love, whether it be love for a parent, love for friends, love for revenge, love for money, love for power. Like it represents all the different kinds of love. So the Princess Bride, which I Princess rewatched Bride. recently, yes, and I enjoyed it more than I've ever enjoyed it a week ago when I rewatched it. Yeah, and actually, That's you brought that up. A lot of people say that if you watch it as a kid growing up, and then you get older and you rewatch it as a parent, mm-hmm. it takes on a whole new meaning, and it actually gets better than it was when you remember it as a kid. I was but I have loved it from the first time I saw it, right? And I love the book. I'd like to just one day like scare the ring girls with some of the stuff that they thought was appropriate for huh? kids, like uh, Dark Crystal. Yeah. That movie still scares me. I love that movie. Dark La- Crystal Labyrinth. Oh. Jen, any, any, the never Kira. ending story. Yeah. Any, that was scary. Anything Jim Hudson's uh no Puppet. Jim Hansen's puppets. puppets. Oh yeah. my god, they were scary. Dark Crystal, that's pretty yeah. scary. Stuff. I love it. Um, the Skexies. Yeah, the nope. Skeksy, oh, the <laughs> giant bird vulture things. Nope. What about uh, the never-ending That's story when he said, has to get yeah. past those eyes and stuff like well, that? Well, not There's even a lot that, of traumatic but, but the, the horse. That was the yeah. saddest moment in movie history. That's right. I mean, it, that but... traumatized a generation of kids. He doesn't make it out of the quicksand. <laughs> Well, he he gives up because it makes you sad. Uh-huh. I, I mean, that could be why. Like as a child, I used to have nightmares about quicksand. Yeah, like well, and that in every movie quicksand was my nightmare. Well, not only that, but every movie and TV show growing up, I mean, quicksand was a big problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody fell into quicksand. Pa- apparently, not anymore. <laughs> All right, Taylor, it's up to you to suggest the movie. That is flying under the radar. No one knows about, but you find entertaining, and we should all check out. That no one knows about. Yeah, that one. That one's a little hard that no one knows about. But well, I mean, they can know about it, but it's not mainstream. Like, uh, I like the switch. Okay. With Jennifer Aniston, uh, that's really funny. All right. At first, it's kind of like this romantic 
comedy. You know, Jennifer oh, Aniston okay. always plays All that right, like kind of like who, cute who ditzy is girl. It? Is it Jason um, Bateman? Jason Bateman. There we go. <gasps> How wait, have I not seen wait, that? Wait, wait, I have is that seen the one that. with Ryan Reynolds? No. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna Patrick look it up. Wilson, um, Gillette Lewis, Jeff Goldblum. Really hard. I, have, I, do I like could have sworn the Jason Bateman one that. with Ryan Reynolds is called The Switch. Where they like pee in the fountain. No, this. No, is no, 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 no. That's, that's totally um, different. I know which one you're talking about. That's the one where they switch bodies. Why would I think it would be called? Yeah, I know. Uh, the no, pee in the fountains, the Trump tape that Russia claims it has. <laughs> which I, it, I believe they do. <laughs> Very cool. So it's it's a funny one that that you enjoy. Yeah. All right, Liz. Have you come up with a movie Mine's that? It's not under the radar, but I was looking for because they're coming out with a number two, but I can't find it. Liz, where's your microphone? I'm well, close. Okay, well, what movie? <laughs> I was just going to say Step Brothers because that's like an all-time favorite for everybody. People like that. But they have a number two coming out, and I can't find it. What? Step Brothers Step number Brothers two. two. Oh, yeah, okay. That's still kind of under the radar. That's not Will yeah. Ferrell's top top work. It so is like, one of the funniest like ones where he puts <laughs> his balls on the drums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that not only that, but when they come to the realization that they're like, like their their best friends or whatever. It's like favorite non pornographic magazine to masturbate to National Geographic. What? Do we just, we just become best friends? friends? Yup. <laughs> do you want to do karate in the garage? Yup. <laughs> there was so John C. Riley plays this. I mean, he's a goofy looking guy, and he plays that that character. But what movie is it that they try to make him a heartthrob in before he was the goofy guy? John C. Riley? Yeah. Uh, For the love of the game, he plays the catcher, but there's one even before it okay. where he's not playing funny guy, I can't and they try to pass him off as a pretty decent-looking guy. I'll look him up. I'm going to pass on um, that one your, right now. Uh, the, one, the movie that you were thinking of was called The Change-Up. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, I want to go back because you didn't say Under the Radar. Well, I mean, not... Well, like because probably. Princess Bride's pretty mainstream. A lot of people I, know it. I agree. And a lot of people, especially in our Movie generation... Movie Night at the Park. Uh, uh, ...know it. But... Um, so I'm going to go back and I'm going to change my movie to uh, a movie called Man Up. Um, it's with Simon Pegg and Luke Bell. Um, and if you don't know who she is, she you'd recognize her face... You might not know who she is. We're like, oh, yeah, she was the friend in that movie, and she was the friend in that other movie, and blah, blah, blah. But it's honestly, like, I'm a huge sucker for romantic comedies. I really am. And it, yeah, I am. (laughs) I'm a sucker for romantic comedies, and it was one of those where, like, I wasn't expecting it to be good, and it blew me away with how sincere, how good and how sincere it was. And honestly, if you don't tear up just a little bit at the end, you're dead inside. I mean, it's honestly, sensitive. it's sensitive, but it's also well written. It's a really good Simon Pegg, like you know, well written romantic comedy. And there's so many good funny moments in it too. But um, yeah, it's very, it's very, very good. I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix right now. You know what movie I walk away from feeling sh- shitty every time I watch it? The one with uh, Vince Vaughn and uh, Jennifer Aniston where they're fighting. Oh, over the, the breakup. Yeah. Oh, I hate that movie. I hate because it. they don't get back together at exactly. the end. Exactly. It's like, no, you can't 
they, do this they to actually, the audience. They actually stay broken up. I know. If we're spoiling it. You can't. It's just you, like you just feel incomplete after watching it. You, You're like, yeah, you can't do that to the because viewer. it was started off all over a little fight. He didn't do dishes, and it escalated yeah. into something just freaking huge, and it just ended their uh, relationships. Are you talking? No, I'm trying to look John C. Riley. Are you talking? No, that's for love of the game. He plays uh, the catcher, but there was something before that where I'm like Boogie Nights. No, maybe it is Boogie Nights because no. he plays a porn star in it, yeah, and he doesn't play his comedy. In it. No, he plays like the, the like the goofy the goof friend ball. of Mark Wahlberg. But they're porn stars. He's, that yeah, that's doesn't his, make him oh, romantic. Yeah, he, he's his. Uh, well, I didn't say romantic, but they try to pass him off as like good looking. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, the settlement is the only other one that I can. Dude, I love Boogie find. Nights too. I might be the only one that likes Boogie Nights. I like Boogie Nights. It's actually not that bad. Also a depressing film. It is. Also a very <laughs> depressing film. <laughs> because at the end, they all go back to porn. <laughs> I mean, it just goes right back into yeah. it. You're like, oh, fuck. He couldn't get away. <laughs> Literally. Uh, no. <laughs> that scene. I keep trying to the, leave. The, 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 Hold me back in. Right. Have you guys seen Boogie Nights? No. No, okay. they haven't. I mean, come on. Okay. It's Liz. Yeah. She doesn't see anything. Uh, but she didn't see are, it. Are you guys going to see it? I will what? Now that you said it. It's all about porn. <laughs> well, no, but... <laughs> I will it, now that you said it. There is a legit story to it. And 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 I'm, I'm not ruining anything here, but it has one of those scenes. Every movie... Some movies have a scene that you can't erase from your mind. And Mark Wahlberg's character, Dirk Diggler... Plays that a guy with an enormous shlong. Uh, shlong. And it is shlong. <laughs> and out of the blue at the end, he stands in front. You don't see it the whole film, but he stands in front, full and naked. whips it out. And whips it out. And sure enough, Watching that it. thing is, Watching it. is huge. Down to and his knees. you can erase that image out of your mind. Swap. It, right, exactly. Yeah. It is forever in your head. Yeah. Like, it, 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 what yeah. he's talking about, uh, the horse giving up in the quicksand. Yes. I can't get Mark Wahlberg's claymation penis out of my head. It's like, it just, it's there. And you think it's fake. Oh, right. It, no. <laughs> no. I, I know it's <laughs> it's got to be. I don't know. I know. There's no There's three-legged no creatures. No. There's no three-legged creatures. Don't tell me that. Shh, don't ruin my fantasy. Tripod. Tripod. <laughs> exactly. No wonder he never blows over in Transformers. <laughs> when Optimus knocks oh him over. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. But I can't erase that image. No, you can't. It's just, you'll, you'll, you'll see it and you'll be like, I see. What, oh, wow. <laughs> Just but yeah, like, and it's a long movie. It's like almost three hours. Yeah, take an afternoon to watch it. Yeah, it's long. Yeah, take an afternoon to watch it, and uh, you'll feel better about yourself. <laughs> you really will. Yeah, uh, if your life is nothing like Boogie Nights, you walk away feeling okay. You're like, not a bad, not a bad situation. <laughs> At least I'm not those people. Basketball There's Diaries, what? another bad oh, film. God. When he oh. does that in the bathroom, yeah. can't, oh, can't no. watch that. Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Can't yeah. get that one nope. to go away. No. Nope. Again, at least I'm not that person. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Maybe we should have movie hypnosis where we come up with scenes we want erased from our minds. Uh, like things I, I want to can unsee. I, can I just erase all of Showgirls? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just the whole movie. Right. Right, exactly. Any part. Who would have all thought Mario it. Lopez was going to be a bigger star than oh uh, Elizabeth God. Berkley when that oh. film was coming out? I did. Showgirls. Wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I honestly, my favorite line from Scream 2, I think it is, is, what's your favorite scary movie? Showgirls. <laughs> absolutely frightening. Because it really is. I have never been, that is the most cringeworthy movie I've ever watched in my life. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. Boogie so Nights. Bad. Boogie Nights. Oh, man. Uh, now you guys got a, you got a homework assignment. You got to watch it. Look at them. They're way over there. I will. It's I know. like us against them. They're going to yeah. go straight to chapter 16 in the DVD because I told them where it is exactly and then watch backwards. <laughs> I already looked it up. Oh, you saw it? They showed an image of it too? Um, It was like a... Uh, let me see if I can pull it back see, up. See, that, that's... that's that's so yeah, wrong. Yeah, you gotta kind of yeah, see it because know. it just you catches you off. It was like up. it didn't have a space, but it like had a caption underneath it. Mm-mm. Oh, was he no. wearing a white? No, this no, no okay, this no, thing no. has its own zip code. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Was he wearing a white suit? Uh uh-uh, uh he's no. naked yeah, in front okay. of a mirror. Yeah, no. and it's no, like no, an no, orange. No, tent. no, no, because he was getting ready to do a scene. He did have a suit on. Oh. Okay, so then I didn't see it then because there was one with a white suit. Yeah, he was getting ready to do a scene. Hey, and he drops it he out. Was, yeah, he was talking to. He was psyching yeah. himself into it. Yeah. <laughs> she remembers. Oh yeah, I know. We yeah. we've tried to block it out of our mind. No, so we're missing pieces. The mind eraser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All we, right. need, we need that thing from Men in Black. Oh, <laughs> the, the flash. Yeah, I yeah, the denuralizer or whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we got tickets to give away for February 4th. February 4th, MMA uh, is happening. Uh, Joseph Donofrio is throwing the last MMA event at Joe Louis Arena. Look for contests all week on our Facebook. It starts tonight. I'm going to post something kind of fun with a uh, probably a picture of the ring girls. Maybe uh, – I don't know. Maybe uh, let's not say it. Let's let's not spoil it. Let's not spoil it. Let's, let's not figure spoil out something. Yeah, let's figure go. out something cool. All right. Uh, maybe we can uh, try some shenanigans and make people work hard for these tickets. Uh, don't forget the Detroit brawls happening Sunday at the Masonic Temple. Uh, doors are at four. Fights are at five. Six thirty-seven, <laughs> and uh, it's Detroit time. So who knows? You know, it's boxing everywhere. That's just the way it goes. So we want to thank everybody for listening to two twenty, two twenty-one. We will be back officially with episode two twenty-one next week. Let's go through our guests really quick. Let's start off. Jason Fisher, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on being a two belt holder. Uh, Rico O'Quinn, Jericho O'Quinn, thank you very much. Robert O'Quinn, I want to thank their dad for stopping in there. Uh, family support definitely got those kids on the way. And uh, Chad from Dynamic Boxing Gym, uh, Metro Detroit Golden Gloves, and Team Detroit that's heading over to Ireland. Thank you, everybody. We will be back. Hey, if you can't get enough of Marv on this show, guess what? Marv has another show this Sunday. Uh, what time is that going on? Uh, uh, Sunday. Right. No, no, no. What time, though? Yeah, Sunday. Sunday. Don't. Uh, we don't know. Oh, okay. It's on Sundays. Uh, yeah. But if you uh, – Jason Nadasky, who's a good friend of the show, Ghost Hunter, there's a show just about ghost hunting. They went to the Masonic Temple, which I'm already convinced is haunted. Give it a listen on podcastdetroit.com. The name of the show, Rochelle? Deeper Than the Grave. Deeper Than the Grave. Give uh, Jason and Marv some support. We wish them well on their endeavors. And uh, take care, everybody. Bye-bye.